Greetings, I am Jim. And I am Sean, and we welcome you to our podcast. Our goal is to entertain you with our discussions about RPG, fantasy, and everything in between. Come sit by the fire. You're safe here. We'll keep watch. We hope you enjoy 13-Sided Die. Level 3, Episode 20, live at Ardcon. Wow, Jim and I are so excited for this new episode. Not only do we level up, but we recorded the show live at the RPG Gathering Ardcon. Come listen to Chris, our lore master, keep us on track. In the second part of this episode, we'll get some of the band back together and reflect on how the event went. And now, I am so excited to say these next words. 13-Sided Die was taped in front of a live audience. All this and more in our latest episode of 13-Sided Die. Hey everybody, it's Sean and... Epic Jim. Back here with you. Welcome, welcome, and a big thank you to everybody out there. Everyone give a big shout out, please, everybody. Wow, so great. We are here at Ardcon. Some crazy person came up with this idea to have a little kind of gaming thing, a D&D game. Was that you? Don't, that shake, you? don't shake your head at me. Yeah, this fool did that. Um, I, I'm overwhelmed, I have to be honest. It's just so great. I have so many great friends here with me helping out. I have uh, fools that have flown in from Ottawa, which is crazy to me. Other fools here from Hinton, from Red Deer, uh, Blackfalls over here, the Blackfalls Painting Group, they come down for this. It's insane. Uh, lots of Edmonton. Lots of Edmonton. Yeah, it's insane. I, I'm blown away. You guys have been fantastic. It's such a great turnout. Right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> this is awesome because Jim has to be here in front of people, and it's so great to have him sitting. You're really comfortable, aren't you? Yeah. Yep. I'm not too bad, actually. <laughs> Good. A lot uh, of really nice people here. He wanted to stand behind there and hide behind the, <laughs> We don't want to block the sponsor banner, he said, uh, which I think is funny. Um, anyways, yeah, Jim and I have been doing this now for almost a year. Yeah, last August? August, I think, yeah. And we just get together digitally, because we're about six hours apart, and uh, sit and talk um, and have great topics, very random on D&D kind of related stuff, fantasy. And uh, I've known Jim for a number of years, so we became very good friends uh, on the internet uh, through Discord and through uh, live chats on Instagram, and we just hang out and talk, and that's how we, we had a lot of similar likes. And uh, we became good friends, and we said, why don't we take these silly conversations that we have and put them to a podcast? And that's kind of where the whole idea for the show started. Um, and it's been great. We've had a lot of really good fun from it, and uh, we've had a couple of people come on and talk. One amazing speaker we had with us, John. Uh, John, yeah, I love John. Tale of the Manticore, if you guys listen to uh, that podcast. Wow, so great. So great. Uh, and then we had another person we talked with, didn't we? Uh, I, think. I don't really, I don't really remember. remember that. Remember? No. no, we're going to yeah. talk about that. It's all good. Um, deleted episode. Um, but uh, this is great. And so today is fun to sit and chat. We want to tell you guys a little bit about us. Some of the things we've been up to, and then we're going to let it open up for some questions, and we'll see where this rambles. I'm going to turn the camera on, do a live feed in a second, and look at me and Jim and the audience just for fun. Um, we are recording with a little poor little microphone there, and hopefully if everything works out, this will become the next podcast release in a little while. Um, right? Yeah. I just have some notes here. Okay. Uh, first off, Sean, man, like, thanks for throwing this together. This is awesome. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Uh, yeah, you built it from the ground up. Uh, you were the most 
determined and hardworking person I know. They inspire me daily. Thanks, buddy. The, the other word for that is foolish. I'm foolish. I, I do appreciate that, man. Thanks so much. Um, we, uh, I think what struck me about doing this when I first started was just how excited people got about what you're saying, the, the grassroots of it. I've had a lot of people say how they're excited because it's not a it's not a big name. It's not a big box. It's not a bunch of stuff. A lot of us all went to Calgary Expo recently, and I'm not throwing shade in their direction, but it really isn't the Calgary Expo I remember from like 10, 15 years ago. It's a very big name, um, really quite unorganized. Uh, yeah, I'm throwing shade. We're throwing shade now, yeah. Uh, I mean, just crazy to get in there, right? Um, and I get it. The grounds are under construction. But nonetheless... Um, I've gone to a number of these things, and every time I went to one of them, I kept thinking what was wrong and what I didn't like about it, and I said, I want to do this. Uh, I would like to do it continually every year, but if not, I want to do it at least once in my lifetime and hold a gathering for like-minded, lovely people. And I kept talking to Jim about it, saying, what do we have to do that people have done wrong, or things that were pinch points that weren't fun? What can we do to make it just really fun? Because our goal was to make everybody have a good time. Vendors, sponsors, attendees, speakers, just everyone to have fun. And so that was our ultimate goal, and we tried to think of all the things that we didn't enjoy at other places and things that happened. And I think for the most part, I've had pretty good feedback from everybody. I think it's gone pretty well today, and so I'm really, really pleased about that. And people gravitated to that, that it is grassroots. It's This is just a bunch of my D&D friends that are helping out uh, running around doing this silly thing. So, you know, shout-outs to all those. Um, you know, crazy friends of mine that have been stuck doing dumb things with me for a long time. Um, thank you. And, uh, yeah, it's just lovely. It's just a lot of love in the room, a lot of people helping out. So uh, it's an exciting episode. This is uh, episode... 20. 20. And we say every 10 episodes, we get to level up. So that's kind of exciting. Our episode is leveling up to level three. We have no idea what that means, but uh, that's what we Doesn't say. Doesn't really mean anything. So what, what is our level up things today, Jim? What are we doing? Uh, we roll for hit point dice. Okay. And we roll a 13-sided die, don't we? Uh, yeah. Yeah, which I, I, I honestly have one. I don't. Uh, but I got a 12. And, well, it's 20. 12, and we'll add one to it. So I'm going to ask somebody out there to come up here and roll hit points for us. Do I have a volunteer? Anybody? Come on up. Come roll some dice. Thank you. Sorry, you are? My name's Laura. Her name is Laura. Laura, here's the lucky dice. Please roll. Three hit points. Woo! Yeah! And add one for 13. So it's four hit points. Thank you, Laura. Thank you so much. <laughs> We're much stronger now. What's your other thing? And now we got to roll on a D100 table for a skill that we get. Skill. Okay, I have one ten, so we'll have to roll it twice. Who's going to roll? Somebody, anybody? Right here. Please roll once. Roll high, roll high. <laughs> oh, it's nine, so it's 90. Roll again, please. 90. That's 100, isn't it? Because 90 and 10. There's a big argument. This is. Do we even want to go down this road? Because there's a big argument about that. Some people yeah. say zero, zero is 100. Yeah. Other people say, think about it. A nine on the first dice is 90. That's 90. A zero on the second dice is 10. Add them together, that's 100. Sean's going to start a riot here, so we're just going to go with 90. <laughs> <laughs> we can cast pass without trace once a day, which is what I'm trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing it really well. I can hardly see you there, buddy. <laughs> 
Thank you very much. For, and your name, sorry? Tim. Tim. Oh, I think I've you never, know Tim. I've never you, met that man in my life. Is that no. a plant? Is that a plant in the audience? <laughs> oh, my word. Thank you, Tim. That was a rigged dice roll. <laughs> I just met Tim a few minutes ago. It was really cool. We're over at my booth. We got to talk. Oh, yeah, we're childhood friends. And I'm telling him all about, I made this thing for a guy, and he made the Viking over there, Epic Jim. And he's, and he's very, very nice to me. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. And then I got this, and, and then I uh, foolishly, Joe Manganello saw what I did and asked if I could make him one. He's like, oh, that's really nice. He's just playing along with me. And he's like, oh, it was about five minutes ago. I actually know Jim. We grew up together. <laughs> oh, okay. That's awesome. Nice to meet you, Tim. A lovely person. He didn't make fun of me. He was very nice. That's good. You have a lot of friends. Have some. Every time I go somewhere with this guy, there's like, oh, someone knows Jim. Someone knows Jim. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, so anyways, this is uh, basically what we do. Um, what did we do last episode? Was it the the new movie? Dungeons Dragons movie? Was that last episode? No. No. Good ass. Chris is here. Our Chris, is our, man, Chris yeah. is our lore master. Oh, that's right. High level characters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whose podcast is this? Yeah. We should have Chris's name on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. We did high Thanks, level Chris. characters. That was actually pretty fun. Yeah. High level characters are tough. So, uh, yeah, anyways, we're available on all podcast platforms. Um, you can find us at uh, Search 13 Sided Die. And uh, if you want to ask a question or send us a message, you can do that too. Can you do it without your piece of paper? Yeah, crystal ball at 13sidedie.com. Look at that. He didn't even have a cheat sheet. That's amazing. <laughs> Only took me about a year to memorize that. <laughs> this is so surreal because we've never done this together in person. We're always doing it digitally on um, uh, Discord, just looking at each other. So this is weird. It's the same microphone recording us, so that's kind of fun. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's lovely. Uh, okay. Um, why do we, uh, we can talk some more in a minute, but we can do some questions. So if anybody has any questions or a topic they'd like us to talk about, fantasy or D&D related, <laughs> I don't know if I want to get into metaphysics or into, no. you know, pygmy ostriches or something, but, uh, Chris. Uh, both of you, what is, oh, sorry. <laughs> Hi, I'm Old Crow. Uh, what is the, both of your favorite encounters that you've uh, run as a DM? Favorite encounters as a DM. That's a really good... Jim's pondering. Yeah, I got a pretty good one. So I had a group I was running Curse of Strahd, and it was kind of falling apart, and just didn't really like the players I was playing with anymore, so I just wanted to wrap it up quick. So I made it when they got to Curse of Strahd's castle that uh, Strahd was dead already, and he was replaced by Sir John Wick. <laughs> Because I'd just seen some sweet art online. And yeah, because it just looked like uh, John Wick with a sword. He could like run on the roof, get spider climb and stuff. And yeah, he, he really kicked their butts. Yeah. How about you, Sean? Uh, okay, for me. Um, I think one of my favorite encounters was towards the end of our previous campaign. It was very epic, big. The... Um, the... Uh, the characters had been um, trying to figure out who the bad guy was the whole time through, and there was this epic bad guy. I did that ploy where you have a bad guy and you think it's the bad guy, but he's the right-hand man, and then you learn out there's somebody above him. Uh, it turned out that in the end, the person that was above him was the emperor that had been kidnapped, and they thought that the whole time they were trying to search for this guy to find him, to save him, and it turns out he was the bad guy. So it was this really neat twist. None of the players saw it coming, which was a lot of fun. And uh, one of the big NPCs in the campaign uh, who had helped him all the way through got pulled into a void 
I kind of had a, uh, a wall break away that I pulled the foam away and inside it was a iPhone stuck in there that was had a spinning vortex and a big arm came out and yanked her and pulled her into the void. And that was a setup so that, I mean, we played that like six years ago or something. The setup is that sometime in the future, high level characters, we'll have that group come together and bring their old characters, level them up three or four more levels and go in and get that NPC and help this kind of thing. So it was just, you know, it was thought out over a long period of time because it was the climax of the game, but it was a lot of fun. Excellent question, Chris. Thank you. Yeah, excellent question. All right. Who else has a question out there? Tim. Uh, what's your favorite character's name? Oh, favorite character's name? Bud Sweetleaf. <laughs> that is a wood elf druid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think one of mine was one of my earlier characters. It was uh, Rathorn Eagle Speed, and for short they called him Wrath, which I thought was kind of fun, but it's spelled R-A-T-H, but it sounds evil and deadly. And he was basically an Aragorn ripoff. He was a ranger, but he was one of my first characters. I uh, loved him a lot. He got first game swallowed whole by a giant frog, and I thought I died. It was awesome, but he managed to survive. I got a terrible habit of making all my like favorite characters NPCs in future games. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's not how I wanted to play them, so then I play them how I want to. Uh, and, and saying that, actually, I can remember one game, um, I got really into it, really into this character, spent a lot of time writing it up, you know, figuring it out, uh, backstory, I do like doing voices, I had a voice, I had a whole thing for this character, I love this character. I can't even tell you the character's name, because the day we played, the first day, Within 10 minutes, we were in a stable, and I went searching for something, and I totally biffed the roll really bad. The DM got a crazy roll, and a horse kicked me in the head and killed my character outright. In the first 10 minutes of the game, and I spent the rest of the game just rolling up a new character. Like, it was absolutely brutal. So, he was a really good character, but I can't even remember his name because, uh, yeah, long gone. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually cool as a cucumber right now. You're doing awesome. He was a little bit worried about coming up, but isn't Jim doing great? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, this is the I've got a live stream going on Instagram right now, and it says the Queendom Arts joined the live stream, and they're like twenty feet away from us at the table over there. <laughs> That is just really crazy. Like, we're in the same room, and they're watching the live stream. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. That's really funny. The digital world is strange. Okay. I can't believe Sean's playing on his phone while doing a podcast and doing a live talk at his con. Is that weird? <laughs> That's crazy. Okay, I'm going to end this now because I don't want to be holding on to it. And so cover for me. Talk for a second. Talk for a second. You can ask a question. Um... Anyone got a question? No. Chris, you got a question? Uh, Jim, do you prefer playing or DMing? Good question. Playing, I think. DM's good too. That's 50 50, you know. It's better. I hate DM prep though. Sorry, keep going. You're doing good. Almost done. Don't worry, he'll edit this out. question here. What was the most satisfying PK you've ever had? Party kill. 
I gotta think about that. I don't even know if I've had a TPK. Yeah, I know. I, I came close. Um, we've talked about that before too. A lot of people wear those as badges of honor, right? Like you, like I, I've talked to people and they're like, yeah, man, I've wiped out my party like four times. It's like, really? You're the DM. You have ultimate power. You can do it. It's not hard to wipe a party out. It's like oh, there's a meteor shower. The you know the whole mountain collapses on him. It's not hard to kill your players. Um, but uh, I think, but death in the game though is important and. Um, I don't want say I wouldn't pull punches. Like if it's something's going to happen, something's going to happen. Um, a DM that goes hunting for his players, like to me, that's always the big thing. Some people who get into the game think of the game as a uh, conflict between players and DM, and I, I've totally never seen that. I always see it as it's the job of the DM to get those players through this crazy obstacle with all fraught with dangers and stuff and learn things and to try and get them out on the other side. And, you know, sadly, if a couple fall by the wayside on the way through, that's the way things work. But it's not your job to just take them out and annihilate them. That's hard at this time of day. Um, it, it's your job to, again, make sure everyone has fun. And so, um, yeah, I don't think I've ever done a TBK. Yeah, I think I have done one, and it was with Tim <laughs> at Comic-Con. I ran a one-shot. I was playing with a bunch of players that don't play D&D, oh. so they were really dicking around and doing stuff they probably shouldn't have. And they ended up getting thumped on by a bunch of giants. I see that. Yeah. That makes sense. And it was very satisfying as a DM <laughs> because they weren't doing what I wanted to, and they paid the price. Chris, was there a TPK in order today in your game? Did you see one coming? Did you? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Old Crow DM here, Chris, ran the first uh, D&D game down there, which is fantastic, earlier in the day. Uh, I was so excited that people did sign up and come to that, because we were just never quite sure how it was going to go, and those people signed up right away. And then uh, our good friend Russ, who's out there somewhere, I think he's still going with his game, which is crazy. Um, that started at 3, right? Oh, yeah, so he's supposed to be done in 5. Yeah, okay, so that's totally fine. Two hours. So, yeah, we did a couple two-hour one-shots, which has been fantastic. So, um, yeah, it's really cool. Let's just say there's a lot of amazing vendors here. Oh, my word. All of them. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't believe we reached out to a bunch of people, and a bunch of people came, and it's amazing, amazing work in this building, isn't it? Like, it's absolutely stunning. I haven't done any shopping yet. You've not done so shopping? right after this podcast, right before Mike's talk, I'm doing the speed run to spend all the money I got in my wallet. There you go, vendors. Have you heard that? Jim has money in his pocket and we'll be visiting you. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Really, really amazing. And like we've had amazing sponsors, too. Like I'm so blown away with the, the sponsors. Sentry Box is amazing. Um, the Tabletop Cafe down there, they are still Woo! running. Yeah, big big shout out to Tabletop Cafe. Yeah. If you guys haven't had a chance to go down, they're playing a, a D&D version light. You just sit down, they're running a couple of games an hour. Uh, so not very long, and it's a kind of a light version of it. If you've never played before, it's a great entry point to try it out. Uh, super nice people, Solomon's amazing, and they have an amazing cafe here in Calgary where it's a total gaming cafe, and they do D&D nights and all that kind of stuff. So that's fantastic. So. And uh, no one else can see the sponsors because we're sitting in front of them. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> totally, yeah. Uh, Kamikaze, they're an amazing comic shop here in Calgary, and they were great. They gave us a bunch of stuff for sponsoring. They were super fantastic. Uh, I can also read on here. Uh, we had PM Hobbycraft, which is great, and amazing crafting. Yeah, Wayward Brother tattoos. So big yeah. round of applause for Mike. 
you guys ever looking for a tattoo, head up to Edmonton or wait here in Calgary and sometimes he comes down. Uh, Mike was tattooing up a storm yesterday when he came down. Um, Mike's such a talented, talented artist. You'll get to hear from him in a little bit. And uh, him and his brother Chubbs are just fantastic, fantastic tattoo artists. Um, yeah, that's, uh, it's been crazy. Um, I, I, again, blown away by the support from people, sponsors, everybody. Um, Mike, did you have a question a minute ago? Uh, have you ever run a campaign uh, where you've had to use a level cap that wasn't a one-shot? Ever run a campaign when you had to use a level cap that wasn't a one-shot? No, I go pretty nilly-willy with my levels. I like to really beef up my players. Yeah, we have an interesting thing happening in our game right now. Uh, my son Connor, uh, we had this weird thing happen. He wound up fighting a agent of death type of thing. And um, right before it happened, they are in kind of a... They're in the realm of a god, basically, because something that had happened. Um, this cowboy had a demigod as a girlfriend was the play. We brought Jim into the game, which was funny. Not and my idea. And he wanted to go get his stuff because he broke up with his ex-girlfriend, who was a demigod. And so they were in this kind of demigod astral plane type thing, and weird stuff happened. And uh, they found a deck of many things, of course, and they started pulling cards from it. And any of you not familiar, a deck of many things can be very good or very bad. And uh, Connor pulled something. He wound up going up three or four levels like that. And he got this crazy cloak that had all the... It was insane. He, his character is so beefy right now, it is just going to mess with my world when we play. Because he's like leapfrog four or five levels above everybody, which is crazy. I like um, that Sean's playing it off like, oh, they found this deck of many things. And like, <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, you put that in there. You're the DM. That is, <laughs> who knew? You know? Who knew? Um, and then uh, one of our characters in the beginning of that campaign a few years ago, um, they were playing kind of a samurai-type character, which is really cool. And they, uh, they're very strict by the rules, by their code, as a samurai would be. And they come across, they, they were gifted this house, and it turns out there's some squatters in the house, and the squatters are thieves. He finds out they're thieves. They're, basically, everyone's just ready to kick them out, get rid of them. And then he's talking to get ready to go, and he goes, and you guys are thieves. Like, yep, okay. And he just slits the throat of one right there, like just kills him. I'm like, whoa. And I'm like, that's, no, it's not evil because he's, they're criminals. He's lawful. They're bad. Okay, he just killed this person. And then it's just like, whoa. But the repercussions were huge. It turns out it's a big member of the Thieves Guild. It turns out to be the head of the Thieves Guild. It was his girlfriend. All this stuff stumbles into play. I wind up send assassins to come and attack this character. In my brain, as a dumb DM, I'm thinking it's just going to be this little encounter. He's going to—they're going to go in, make some noise. You know, he's going to get hurt a bit. Everyone in the house is going to hear. There's going to be a combat. It's going to lead to what happened next. He biffs his rolls so huge. I roll nat twenties. I kill him. I literally—we talked about death of characters. I assassinate him on the spot. This is our third or fourth game, and everyone's like, what? It's just like, what? One of the main characters just died? It was crazy. So him and I talked about it, and um, they were going to resurrect him. And they went to the church next door, and uh, one of the characters begged the church, would you please do this? I will have tithes to you for the rest of my life. It was a beautiful moment. Uh, they brought the dead character there, and in my game, when you die... Everyone leaves the room, and if they're going to resurrect you, you leave the room, and I sit there and talk with them. And it's kind of stolen from Critical Role, yes. But I say to them, do you want to come back? You're going to get called. The tether's going to pull you back. The clerics are going to try and restore you. 
but do you want to come back? Are you want to continue? And so they resurrected him, and, and Kyle's like, no, I think that's really cool. Three games in, and he's dead. That's a really neat story. Let's let's do it. I don't want to come back. Everyone in the game like, what? Because then they come in, and they do the resurrection, and I'm like, nothing happens. Like, what do you mean nothing happens? Do it again! They're freaking out, and no, he doesn't come back. Uh, so then for a while, Kyle played this little fun character, and it was, for like 10 games, it was an off-throw character. Little hobbit monk. It was hilarious. And he had so much fun, because it was a giggle character. It wasn't important, because the plan was to bring his character that died, his father, back to claim his son's body, who's even a bigger samurai. And no one knew this in the game. So Kyle's playing this other little hobbit, and it's really fun. And then uh, I introduce... And this senior samurai comes in with an entourage, like a whole riding party. It was epic. It was amazing. Everyone's like, what's going on? And they introduce who he is, and they're like, oh, my goodness. And they're like, oh, no, Hayase died. we got to tell the, and the dad, like, I know he died. I'm here to claim the body. And I said, okay. And then at that moment, I said, Kyle, can you introduce yourself? And then he starts talking as this new character. Everyone's like, what? I thought you were this hobbit and for a couple of little bit Kyle's playing both characters and it's that surprise no one saw it coming that all of a sudden Kyle everyone just thought I was going to you know NPC the father that's now Kyle's character and he came into the game three levels higher than everybody else because he's senior which is kind of fun so I actually like a dichotomy and milestone leveling in a game takes that away like everybody levels up at the same time I'm from the old school, and in the old school when you leveled up, you leveled up at different intervals based on your class. So you'd have different people at different levels at different times, and I kind of like that in a party. So if my party gets disjointed and I have people at different levels, I kind of like that. But I think you are talking about level caps on things, but I think maybe, wasn't that a question? I'm sorry, Mike, level caps? I think that's kind of in and around there. I, I don't care if it has, you know what I mean? For me, it's like, let it happen and, and be all over the place. I like that you're trying to take responsibility away from killing all your players again. <laughs> yeah, he biffed his rolls. <laughs> they did, and I rolled really good. It's not my fault. Dice gods. Did you roll behind the DM screen? Um, I did on one of them, and it rolled really well. I'm like, uh-oh, okay, the next one, I rolled in front of everybody, and they saw me roll nat 20. Oh, that's Yeah, it was real. Yeah, and that's a great, great thing to say. Like, every once in a while, as a, as a DM, it's, I know... Russ over there, and I'm sure he's done it in his game, he'll just roll flat right on the table in front of you so you see exactly what's... And that is fun, right? Did you? It's fun. It's great for people to see that. Um, it can give things away as a DM because it'll be like, okay, as soon as they see it's a 17 and I have to add 5 to it, they know that I've got a plus 5. Like, So you feel weird as a DM about that. But you shouldn't. It's fun to let them see the role and have the, and the feeling from it. And they then have the excitement if it's high or low, too, right? Which is really cool. Great question. Yeah, we kind of meandered all over the place on that question. But it was a great question. And that's totally cool. Morgan, do you have a question? How's that mini going? I love that Morgan's still painting. <laughs> yeah, paint. Totally. I love it. question was, uh, my son was running a, a campaign, kind of a fun little game, and he asked me to come in, and we did again, and we did one of those things too, where I just kind of came into the game and freaked everybody out because they didn't know I was going to play, which is fun, and uh, I got to play a pirate, and yes, I do like pirates. Um, I played it as uh, one of the new um, classes that uh, Matt added from uh, Critical Role, the Blood Hunter, and I hadn't played one of those before, and that was actually a really fun character to play. I really enjoyed that class as a, as a Blood Hunter. And it seems as a pirate very fitting that, you know, you gash yourself and use that blood to do cool things and maledicts and stuff. It was kind of neat. Um, and it was kind of fun to come in 
and which is kind of what Jim happened in our game, it's neat to come in as that character a little later in the game. You know, they've already been playing, they already know themselves, and you get injected into it. It, it creates a really neat, neat dynamic, and it's kind of really fun. So if you ever want to spice up your game, even if you only do it for a couple of games, invite somebody in. And don't tell anyone what's happening. Try and surprise them if you can. But also, anyone that haven't heard how Sean did it, he had me in the background waiting, so I was watching them play their game online. Like, they didn't know I was there, so we I had was, was a mic watching them like a creep. Because we, we do all our games over Discord, and I, ha I record the games, so I don't have to take notes. And I just put Jim as mic too, and if, I thought if anyone asks, I'd just say I'm trying out a new mic. So he's in the background. For an entire session. <laughs> they didn't get to him. Because they do like a halfway point, you know, like the break or whatever. So they do two hours of break. He's like, yeah, hopefully they get you in after this. And like, yeah, it's all good. And I watched them play D&D for four hours, and none of those people have ever met me. I was like, cool, I am such a creep. Just sitting back there watching, no one knowing. That was awesome. And then it was the next game they found... Your, yeah. His character then was They blind. did freak out. It was awesome, it the was reveal, fun. but I felt very creepy. Yeah, it's really fun to do that. <laughs> it was really funny. You were sitting there for that long. I loved it. Awesome. Uh, Keith, you're a non-player. Would you have a question? This is my good friend Keith. All right, so when you guys get, you guys are both DMs, when you get good ideas, do you try and wedge them into your current campaign, or do you always have your next campaign kind of bubbling in the back of your head? Good question. Always bubbling. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, right? Like, So a, a campaign can be like years, and I know the campaign we're in right now, probably about halfway through the previous campaign, I started coming up with what I wanted to do in the second campaign. Um, and I, I think it's, you really want to have a fun entry point, and it was going to be the same players, but in our first campaign, there was a point that became a massive contention in my, in my group and they'd come across some of these people that were helping them, and then as a DM I said, okay, we've helped you, we've fulfilled this this thing, can we go now? And half the party said, yes, thank you, because they had been conscripted to help. And then the other half of my party said, no man, like I still have a sword in my hand, I'm still fighting, you fight. And then I had my players argue for like 25 minutes back and forth about what to do. And I'm recording it all on the microphone for my notes for later. Okay, so it's coming up to second campaign, and this had happened obviously in the past. I did a weird time shift. They had gone back in the past for this event to happen. So then we could play the next campaign. I'm like, okay, what if, yeah, they're going to be those guys that they argued with. And so that's when they started. They didn't know who they're playing. I told them, you pick any kind of class, any kind of character you want to be, but I didn't give any insight. And I threw them into a battle, and the battle finished, and then they go off, and as they go off, one of their commanders are saying, we have to get to this point. It's critical we get to this point. So he drags them all off to this point. They get to the point. And then I describe, through the woods, silently, no, no one here hears or sees them. These figures emerge. And then I start playing them that I have on tape from like two years earlier. And they start hearing their voices like, that, that, that was us. And they go, oh, shit. Excuse my language. We're those guys. We're those guys from last campaign. And it was such a beautiful moment. And yeah, Keith, for me, that was just this click in my head that I can pull this back. So they're kind of tied to the first campaign, but not really. And the expression on this first game of this new campaign, everybody lost it. They couldn't believe that we were those guys. And it was so fun for them to hear their voices on the recording of them arguing as these what these guys were. It was really, really fun. And I kind of just edited the audio and played it a bit. But I always think of a game as a movie. Right? Or a book. And what can you do to really have the people at the table be engaged? 
and get something out of it. So you're looking for products, you're looking for twists, you're looking for turns, you're looking for that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, that's kind of how it worked for me. I'm bad for uh, like getting a new mini and being like, oh, I want to put that, in. I want to <laughs> use that on the table. <laughs> so then just trying to work into the campaign that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I get that. And, and the campaign will also lead itself. Like, you know, our first game, I, I started DMing again about seven, eight years ago and I hadn't DMed in about 10 years. My son said, hey, I want to play more. Can, can we play more? And I said, sure, I'll, I haven't done a long time. Let's do it. And so the first game was very kind of uh, what we call railroady, right? Like I was directing people on what to do. I had a few players that had never played before. Um, and yeah, that's the one I invited you to come play at a long time ago. Um, and uh, I was very sandboxing, directing people, and I had an end goal in mind and all that kind of stuff. And we talked about that final conflict. When it came to this campaign now, I've left it much more open. And to do that, I just have tried to really know my world well. So I've created all like locations. I've got write-ups a bit about it. And I know all the people. And we've kind of based it around a town. I know all the people in the town. I have a quick write-up of each person that they might encounter. So it allows me to let them explore and do things. And so sometimes things just happen on the spur. And it, Jim is in our campaign because our current players... I will put down, if they go into a tavern, I always want to have things in the tavern. So what is the drink of the day, right, or the drink of the night? And I'll have someone a silly drink that maybe has, like, you know, uh, an eye of a beholder in it that does all these different things, like, stuff like that. What's going on in the tavern? So is it, there's a darts tournament or there's, like, you know, a gnome tossing contest or who knows? There's something happening like that. And then I pick two or three things in the room that they could focus in on. Some guy in the corner, very kind of, you know, strider, put up, that kind of thing. Or there's some wizard crying into a bowl of soup. And I'll just write little things like that. And when they look around the room, I'll say these things. I don't know anything more about the wizard. I don't know anything more about the guy in the corner. I just know there are things that someone might say, I want to go talk to him. Great, then I'll be that person or her, and we'll find out what happens. So the one game we played... I had these people drag in what was supposed to be a, it looked like a sculpture. But when you look closer at it, the hands were more like, ugh. And thinking about it, you realize this is probably someone who got turned to stone. It's not so much a pretty, like, it's somebody freaked out. Oh, man, my characters went nuts on this. Very quickly, they were trying to buy it from them. They want to turn it back from stone to flesh. I'm like, they, they put it in their house and used it for a coat rack for a while. And then eventually, they were able to turn it from stone to flesh. Well, that's how Jim got introduced to the game. He was that character. And off the top of my head, they're like, what's... They figured out a way to talk to him as a stone character, which was a brilliant. And then they said, like, what's your name? And I don't know, I just blurted Jim out. And then it was about a month or two months later, I said, do you want to come in the game? I've got a character literally named Jim. And that's how we introduced it. It was a lot of fun. But it just became because I wrote this little nothing, one line, no idea where it was going. They bid on it. And we played a lot of that night just about this crazy stone sculpture. And it became a whole thing. So you just throw stuff out there. You don't need to write it all. Your players as a group will have an amazing imagination and things that they want to do, right? And if you're open to go with them, you could get crazy things, exciting fun things that happen. Yeah, don't be a DM that, like, it's just not your story. If the players want to do something, go with that story because they'll 100%. have more fun and you'll have more fun running that game. Right? Yeah, Jim's 100% right on that. If you direct it constantly, you're just putting walls up around stuff and you're, it's your vision. If you can open that up and allow it to be everybody's vision, it's always so much better. I, I have some of the best things that have happened in our games because one of my players had said something and I'm like, oh, I never would have thought of that. That is the coolest thing. That's where we're going. And just do it on the spot. Be very willing to go with it. You don't have to tell anyone that's not what the plan was or that's what you just go with it, right? And just have fun. It's so crucial, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, anybody else have a question? 
Oh, that's a really, really good question, Tim. The question was, what do we think about DMs using chat GPT? God, I can never remember those three letters. So any of you not aware of that, which I'm probably sure are, it's an AI system that you can punch stuff in. It can spit you stuff back. My, I'm not going to say this. A person that I know was able to use it to write code to put something onto a website, a widget that did things like within minutes. They didn't have to get a programmer to go and write it. They actually wrote it through this thing. It's, it's, what this thing is, is going to revolutionize, revolutionize our world. We have to be, I would say, be familiar with it. You may not have to use it, but get to know it because it's going to be around and it's going to change everything. Skynet. Yeah, it's the beginning of Terminator, but it's all good. Don't worry. The robots are very friendly and nice. Um, but yeah, I think what you're seeing is a lot of people in marketing using it to write marketing spiel and then tweaking and editing it. So I haven't played with it that much yet. I think as a basis for gaming... I think it'd be phenomenal to use for description, right? When, for me, that's one of the hardest things. I know what it looks like in my brain. I'm not a writer. I'm a dumb artist. I can draw you a picture of it, but I have a hard time writing it. I think being able to explain it to the thing and say, write me a paragraph about blah, blah, and have it spit back, it's a beautiful sunny day walking through the lovely hills of the, you know, like that kind of thing. I think it could write really good filler text for you on description of things. That's one thing for sure. You could actually get it to write a whole campaign. Like I guarantee you, you could program it enough with your words that you put into it to get it to write you a bunch of stuff. I don't know how much I'd want to do that, but I think it'd be a great tool for descriptions of things, maybe asking it to come up with an encounter and see what it comes up with. What are your thoughts? I think we should do a whole uh, episode about Try this. It. That would be fun. Chat GPT, because I've used it for DM stuff. Have you? It's yeah? amazing. It's a good success? Yeah. And then we can talk about AI, like pictures and stuff too, what we feel about yeah. that for DMs. Yeah, Jim and I got really excited about that when that, what was about six, eight months ago when that really kind of hit, when it was the generated artwork. Uh, um, Mid Journey, I think. Mid Journey, yeah. And I played with it a little bit. I know you were really working with it. I like to show pictures of what people are encountering, be it people or environments. So I'm raping and pillaging the internet looking for artwork to do that, and that can take a lot of time. To be able to sit there and just say, I want it to look like this and explain it and have it generate a character back to you that I can just show the group this is who you're facing or this is the scary environment, that's really cool. I think that's a great use of, of AI in the journey. Yeah, so we give it two thumbs up to our robot overlords. Yeah, two mechanical thumbs up. <laughs> It's crazy. And, and yeah, I think it, like I mentioned, I would just say to everybody, try and get familiar with it because it's going to be around and it's going to change a lot of things. Um, I don't think it's going to, hopefully it won't take over the world, but it's going to change the way we do things and it's going to alter jobs and such. So the more you know about it, the less chance you'll be the job gone. You'll be the one who will be working the system type of deal. That's a great question. Great question. Cool. Um... It's almost 5 o'clock. Uh, we're going to do Mike's talk here in a minute. And, um, yeah, anything else we want to chat about? Or are we getting close to calling her? Oh, Chris. You guys are going to do a fantasy factoid, right? I didn't do that. Fantasy factoid? Artcon was started in 2023. Yes. There you go. Anything in else? Alberta. A fantasy factoid. There you next go. year, it will be three days long. Ooh. Yeah, good job three days uh, a few people a lot of people today have said you know thank you and they said like I can't wait till next year and a lot of my knee jerk is there is no next year like when I came here this morning I was exhausted and I'm like there is not gonna be next year I can't believe the on pouring of love and just everyone's so amazing um, were you seriously watching the live stream from over there <laughs> that was awesome yeah uh, yeah just a, and 
I can't believe the amount of people that came through the door today. Unbelievable. Um, like Mike was saying a while ago, how many great conversations did you have today with so many great people, right? So many. So yeah, I, I could certainly see us doing this again next year. I might enlist a few to help me earlier as opposed to later, which would be fun. Um, but yeah, no, incredible. So I could certainly see that. Yeah, I wrote this little thing here. I just wanted to say, uh, I find like, this is so important. This con and just fancy to me in general. The older I get, the more important fancy tends to be for me. Uh, the greatest quote I've ever heard is, fairy tales are more than true, not because they tell us dragons exist, but because they tell us dragons can be beaten. I just, I feel like the heroic stories that we tell, and just, it gives people laughter and hope and lets them grieve things that they've lost and experienced, like every emotion you can think of, and just in a safe and positive way. So I kind of feel like I owe my life to fancy, so. That's awesome. So I thank all the epic adventurers for coming out. Yeah, that's beautiful, Jim. A few of you earlier heard me when I did my talk. I called out to my friend Chris, who was here. And Chris is the younger brother to uh, John. And John is my buddy I've known since high school. We graduated together. Chris is a year younger. We started playing this silly game back in high school. And those two fools, we still get together and play 40 years later. I don't know how many campaigns we've gone through. And we've gone from old D&D to um, uh, Merp, Middle-earth role-playing, through to D&D now. Um, my son has grown up and played in it. And Chris's son has grown up and played in it. And we've had lots of friends over the years come and go. Um, I've played. I got really emotional when I called Chris out. Uh, it really hit me hard. Uh, just knowing this guy for so long, seeing him here, which was just beautiful, it just really warmed my heart. Uh, and just thinking about how this game is so much more than the dice and the game. It's about these relationships. It's about these people. I don't know anybody else from high school. I have not seen any of my high school friends in a bazillion years, but I see these fools frequently, and it's beautiful. And the first hour is, how you doing, and talking, and just, you know, and it's that relationship. And so, uh, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing about this. It's just the people. I look out here, and I see all these faces of people that I know, uh, new people that I've met, people that I've known for a long time, and that they are just from this silly fantasy world that we're in, and these beautiful friendships that have happened from it. Um, COVID was a tough time for everybody, but in some ways you actually almost, I found I met more people during COVID online, you know? And there's a few people here today that I got to meet in person for the first time, and we've known each other for a couple of years online, and that's really cool. Uh, so I, I completely echo what you're saying, Jim. It's massive, it means a lot, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a very beautiful thing. Yeah, fancy is the best genre, by <laughs> far. <laughs> awesome. Anything else? I think that's it. Chris, you got any last words you want to say? No. No. I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> uh, I, like I said, I just want to say thank you to everybody out there. Uh, we're going to be having uh, Mike do his talk in a couple of minutes about art. Uh, so please stick around and listen to that. Uh, if you have any questions, flag down anyone with an orange lanyard and they can help you out. And I think we're going to wrap up the show here. Pleasure, buddy. Thank you, buddy. As always, it's so great to do in person. Love you. Thanks, everybody. Are you looking for a D&D podcast for the dark side? Something more like Game of Thrones and less like Monty Python? Tale of the Manticore is part dark fantasy audio drama, part solo D&D RPG. There's no plot armor here. The dice make all the important decisions. Join me as I resurrect the excitement, wonder, and emotion of old-school D&D. Made for a mature audience, Tale of the Manticore is both a fiction and a game. It's the story where chaos rolls.
All right, everybody, we are back here. It is still Sean and my good friend. Epic Jim. Yes, Epic Jim with the lovely red hat on. So we're about a, what is this, about a week since uh, Ardcon? Since the recording they just heard, it was about a week ago. Yeah. And uh, we thought it'd be really fun to kind of get together and discuss how the show went, maybe. And I don't know, just we haven't even figured out what we're going to discuss, but we're going to discuss it. But we did bring along some lovely guests, didn't we, Jim? Yeah, we have a whole room full of people here. This is exciting. Yeah. Uh, for those of you that could see in video, if we broadcast in video, we have a number of friends up here in our Discord chat right now. So we're going to start in the top corner and we'll let each one kind of introduce themselves and uh, then we'll go from there. So go ahead. All right. Uh, I'm Connor. I am uh, Mr. Ardnor's son. Uh, and insofar as Ardcon is concerned, uh, I kind of was some of the main hands on deck just to deal with all the problems that popped up, basic organizational stuff, and make sure that everything went smoothly, uh, as my background's in a lot of uh, event management. Yeah, I, I think Connor was like general manager uh, on the day. He, was, he crushed it. Um, oh, excellent. Next. Uh, hi, I'm Friendly Mike, and I was able to help out with some of the art direction. Uh, for the project, which was an absolute blast. Yeah, and you also gave a great talk on uh, tattoo history and fantasy art, which was amazing. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next. Uh, yeah, I'm Chris. I'm uh, also known as Old Crow on Instagram. Uh, I'm the first fan of 13 sided die i think <laughs> and uh i got named lore master uh yep. at the uh, at the con yep so that was exciting i came uh i came uh from I, I live in ottawa so i uh fortunately found some uh pretty cheap airline tickets and uh we when we were teasing sean about uh doing uh, uh ardcon i said you build it we'll come and yeah you did <laughs> yeah. and chris ran the first uh, one shot DD game on the day which was amazing okay our... a, uh, oh sorry. sorry i also got a i also got a tattoo while i was there from uh, friendly mike <laughs> you did didn't you Hell yeah. not, not on the day although that would have been fun to do on stage but uh yes <laughs> um and uh bringing up the uh, rear of the train here Ah, uh, yes, the rear. Uh, my name is uh, Russ. I uh, am a longtime uh, player in Sean's uh, Dungeons and ongoing Dungeons and Dragons campaigns. Um, I also was able to run a one shot uh, at the con. Uh, running D and D is something that I picked up kind of from Sean and have been uh, doing so sporadically, usually just for friends, but. Uh, it was uh, pretty cool to do it for some uh, conference goers. Yeah, yeah, you guys, all of you guys crushed it. And I, I probably, for me, I want to start there. I just want to say thank you to all of you lovely people for jumping on the crazy train with me. Um, I had this silly idea of doing this. Uh, it kind of been something I'd always thought would be really cool to do. Like, eh, it's almost you have like a mental checklist of, uh, you know, D&D &D related items and things that you would love to do. And this, this was a huge, big kind of top of the list thing for me to put a con together. I remember being really young and flipping through the old AD&D manuals and at the back of them you can see on a number of them they have a you know, gen con and you know the little wizard there and everything right and that was the early days in the 70s and i always thought man that'd be so cool to do to go to that and then as i got older i thought it'd be really cool to run one like to try and do that to bring a bunch of like-minded people together and you like i said you amazing people all help that come true and uh you know a week later we can now say it was an absolute complete success absolute like 
We thought maybe 50 people would turn up. We hoped for make 100. We had 220 people come to the show. It was insane. Insane. So thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. No, thanks for including us. It, what, what an incredible experience. It was fun, wasn't it? We should also mention there are a number of other people, obviously, behind the scenes that helped out. Big thanks to them. Uh, obviously, my lovely wife, Mrs. Ardnor, was a huge help that day. Uh, Morgan was amazing. Um, Keith, a good friend of mine who doesn't play D&D, had a lovely time, and he was so great there. And um, I'm starting to blank already. Who else was there, guys? Who, who am I missing? Well, I think it was also worth shouting out to all the vendors who were there who did such an amazing job and they made did. it like a really special community experience. Yeah. Wilson. Yeah. Wilson, Russ's friend. Wilson, who oh, I've yeah. also played D&D. Willie was there. Dude, is there anybody else in the main core group that I'm missing? Oh, God, I hate this. Jay, my Maureen. nephew, Jay. 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 My nephew, mm-hmm. Jay, who plays with us. Maureen. Uh, that's my wife's mom. Um, boy, I hope we got everybody there. It, it was... I should have wrote a list. The, it, it was... It, sorry, Mike, go ahead. The other speakers as well. Yeah, and, and that's, I think, where Connor's had Like, the vendors... We had 25 vendors with tables, which was nuts. Um, amazing speakers. Um, I just was chatting to Courtney, who did this talk on mini painting. She was here in town for GameCon, and uh, she did a great job. Uh, our good friend Cliff started it off with a great chat about um, scratch building um, models and uh, dioramas and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I did one on um, terrain building, and like I said, Mike you know kind of closed the show doing this incredible uh that i gotta be honest that was the one i was most looking forward to was mike's on the tattoo and history of tattoo and fantasy art it was amazing and uh as you guys heard we recorded 13 sided die uh before that which was really fun to do that in front of a live studio audience and uh yeah amazing anyways um i didn't pass out jim didn't pass out (laughs) (laughs) you were pretty nervous weren't you I up to it. And then once I got up there, it was just, it was all cool people there and just my crowd. And I was talking about stuff that I like and just didn't, didn't have any of the jitters I usually do. So it was awesome. I I thought it was going to be that once we got going, but I understand it's, it's, it's scary to do that. And, uh, but like I said, I think the big thing was, it was this great community of people. Right. Uh, and I kept hearing that from people like, this is great. These are the right people I want to be with. And it was really exciting. Um, I was super proud. Go ahead, Jim. I was going to say we had the lore master there too, Chris, so I knew it would be okay. Yeah, and everybody probably heard that when they were like, oh, what was our last episode? And we thought it was the D&D movie, and Chris was like, no, no, no. It was about <laughs> high-level characters, and yeah, Chris knows our shows better than we do. <clears throat> we also had an amazing um, representation uh, from the uh, queer gay uh contingent of uh, Calgary, which I thought was fantastic. I was so proud of that. Uh, And, uh, you know, and and to be open and honest with people out there, um, I did have some reservations at the beginning in so much that I was worried that something could go negative for that. And I really didn't want that to happen. And I was reassured by both Connor and Mike that, hey, it's a loving community. If there's any problems, they got it. They'll handle it. But um, yeah, completely unfounded. Everyone was so generous and so loving. And it was just a beautiful, there's no, there wasn't one hitch. The the whole thing went off without a hitch. Because Mike and I are so tough. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's enough of me yattering on. It was really great. Like I said, really thanks to everybody. And uh, yeah, let's kind of just open it up for some general discussion. I think one of the things we started talking about right away was that it wasn't just a D&D market. Um, I think the big thing that was cool about the con was how much stuff was going on. I think the talks and the live play and stuff like that was really cool. And there was the 
the the shorter D D style games as well lots of people sitting down and doing that i thought that was a huge part of it yeah i think d6 which was the table and actually guys from the d6 cafe uh they did an amazing job having that short version of light uh dnd light that they had a lot of people they could generate through I, I thought that was a huge advantage to have that so that anybody could do it and then people who were seasoned could sit down with you guys and, and play a play a game well yeah. that's what when i sit down and look at what the whole con looked like right it wasn't from the cost of tickets from the types of vendors where there was d6 cafe there's speakers there are games going on it wasn't about come give us your money or come spend money it was about come be part of a community and see what DD has done for all of us right yeah that's really cool yeah i, I really think you nailed it there because so often you'll see uh there's you know it's either a, a smallish market but it's just vendors right just people selling stuff and there's not really anything else to see or there are the huge multinational comic cons mm. right where you're stuck like sardines and uh you know you're paying an arm and a leg for everything i think this was like and it was just such a great community event and uh you could really feel it in the in the air it was tangible yeah, for me at the very beginning, I, I I wanted to have speakers. That was one of the high things on my list was having speakers. And then it wasn't too hard to always say, well, let's do 13 sided die. Like we got that in our back pocket. We can record that. That's easy. Um, and then it was like, you know, it'd be really cool to have games there. And then it kind of I think the whole thing started originally. My wife keeps kind of bugging me that originally the concept was get a bunch of friends together and play a bunch of D&D in the hall. And it kind of exploded from there. But I, I, you know, and then I was like, well, we could do some vendors. And then I was really surprised how many vendors that go. There are vendors that were on a waiting list. I think we had three or four vendors that couldn't get in because we didn't have tables. Like, that's insane for our first show. Um, I have since sent out an email to every single vendor, and I'm doing sponsors next week, just asking them how it went, what they thought, anything that we could do better. And I've only got a couple back, which is understandable because this weekend is GameCon, and a lot of those vendors, I saw them when I was down there on Friday. A lot of them are at that show. But a few of them already responded back, and it's just like glowing reports like they're so happy like they said communication was outstanding they thought it was one of the best cons they've ever been to for organization um they said like all the help was incredible like it was just incredible so yeah it's really glowing reports which is fantastic at the same time with no criticism you can't get better so we'll we'll see how that goes but um <laughs> it's it's pretty exciting yeah yeah like what chris said there was a real magic in there that's been lost to the big commercial cons and it was i think everyone was just really stoked like how it felt. Well, and Jim, I think you deserve a shout out for your uh, your idea, the painting competition. You big time. Oh, thanks. Oh yeah, that was yeah. fun. Yeah, give us the give us the 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 two minute pitch on that. Well, I um, Is, well, sorry, to... we should we should interject. That was all Jim's idea. Like partway through the development of this, Jim came to me and said, "Hey, I got this idea. Is it okay to go and do this?" And uh, I'm like, "Dude, yes, please to <laughs> do something." So I just want to say, like Connor's saying, yeah, hats off to Jim for doing that. So I'm sorry, Jim. I just wanted to make sure people knew that that's all you, man. So please tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, thanks for letting me do that. It's fine. I just wanted to put something on for that, and I'm not really knowledgeable enough in a lot of things to do a whole talk on it so oh chris is showing his <laughs> when he painted yeah just um i would reached out to dustin kings valley forge on instagram about 
getting some minis for that and i picked out some ones they were okay for the con like i thought they were gonna work good and then he's like how about i make uh little minis of you and sean in your comic-con costumes for instead i was like oh my god that's like of course like being obsessed with minis of course i want like a mini of me and sean so that yeah. and that and jim didn't tell me about that either and it was just beautiful so it was a big surprise it was awesome yeah but everyone did awesome like i thought there'd be like one or two ringers and then like they were yeah. all really good i was like oh crap so it was kind of hard to judge but we had about seven people signed up in advance and then jim and i kind of hit the floor and circulated and asked people and i think how many do we have in the end like 15 or 16 people i think it was i think it was i think that. we got dead 20 or 20 it was crazy yeah. crazy and yeah so I know the 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 person that won, they came through the door right when we we're looking for people to sign up. And I think that's the main reason they came. They wanted to paint because they oh, went. Cool. Yes. And they went straight over to the table. <laughs> and so their timing was perfect. Um, it was lovely. Like and I, I think um, I think it was uh, Connor and um, Chris were saying it a minute ago about how it had all these different elements to it. And I think that that really made it like there was something there for everybody and you could mingle and look around and stuff. I got an email today. Uh, the website has a, um, you know, I, I would like more information, a little link, somebody you can click. And I got one today from somebody saying I was walking past the hall. I heard this stuff going on inside. I poked my head in. I didn't have time to stay, but I want to come next year. Is there a mailing list I can sign up for? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. I mean, that's so I, cool to hear. It is. It's great. Yeah, I have to say, like, um, I know we were, like, everybody really brought their game face for the whole day and was really busy helping any way they could. But I, I was able to sneak away to the side of the con um, right after your painting competition got going. And I got, I was able to do, like, a perfect view up one side and down the other. And, like, you, I, being able to take in like people actually rolling dice and playing, which was a party of, that started as strangers and just the, the expression and the smiles and these people interacting so genuinely. And then the people playing the D and D light again, the exact same thing, looking across the hall to see him, the vendors, not just trying to like hawk wares, but having conversations with the people that were there yeah. and, just the front of the place rammed with people painting. Like it felt like people were sharing their love of this hobby that day, you know? And it's like my fondest memory of the whole day. I mean, we were also busy. A lot of it is kind of a blur, but Big like time. that. And I remember like that night I was falling asleep with that stuck mm -hmm. in my head. And I was like, that was really special guys. Like J Sean and Jim, you guys did something really great with this thing. I can't wait to see what we're able to do next year. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. That's lovely. Awesome. I had a, a similar kind of experience. I know the, the day is a blur. Like I remember little <laughs> pieces of it. Um, but I know there was one moment I, I was heading across the floor to, to do something or to get something. And I kind of just stopped for a second. And I did what you were saying, Mike, and I just kind of looked around just for a minute, just to breathe it in. And it's my most vivid memory of the show. And it hit me at that moment that if you were to walk off the street and didn't know about this and walked into this room, you'd be like, oh shit, there's something going on here. Like it felt the energy, the vibe, there was a whole thing. And that for me was the reward for doing this. Like that moment was that, wow, all that time, effort, energy was totally worth it because this feels real. It feels absolutely real. 
And um, I was very fortunate on Friday because I did get um, asked if I could go and uh, do a talk at uh, GameCon. And what was great is I got there early and as I was walking around, I had a number of people walk up to me and said, hey, you're, you're the guy who put the, the art con together, right? And it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm the fool that did that. But it was really neat to see that it had extended. And these were just people walking around, attendees to GameCon, and I hadn't even met these people. Like, it was really cool to see that, that there's already a growth. Um, Connor, I asked Con if he could go and they wanted me to have a uh, like an intro for when I go up there. So he wrote me this intro and he's pitching Ardcon in the intro. Not <laughs> <laughs> damn right. Yeah. Awesome. Which was sick. Everything is oh, sales man. opportunity, man. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> and, you know, I got to go and talk to um, PM Hobbycraft, who was one of our sponsors. They had a big booth set up. And they were awesome, and uh, they were so thankful. And I said, I'm going to send him some pictures. And uh, I got to talk to Gord at the Sentry Box and tell him how it went. And I think he was pretty blown away. Like, and when he asked about, like I said, we had 25 vendors. He's like, wow. And I told him, you know, we had really cheap prices for the table. He goes, I think we're going to have to one, have one next year. And I talked with him all about it, like, three months ago. And they weren't very interested because they don't really do shows. But now he's kind of thinking maybe it'd be worthwhile. Yeah. Uh, oh, and, and those it, not in the know. The Sentry Box is the largest game store in like yeah. north america yeah it's huge it's huge and so it's that heaven. was really cool it's heaven but probably <laughs> the best one guys is um it turned out that uh fenris who was turned out to be our biggest sponsor um who came to us we didn't go to them uh they were at GameCon, and i got to go meet gabriel who is the uh the main gentleman i've been talking with and uh, they're from quebec and they were just beautiful people we must chat for like half hour and he was so excited genuinely excited to hear about how the show went wants to do way more next year wants to be involved before the show they're talking about coming to the show like they're really excited um and what's really cool about their model is that they have their main business in uh online but they have a shop in quebec and they had thought about opening another brick and mortar store somewhere else and they were kind of looking around and eventually they said you know what let's not do that but let's use that money to do other things like our con and so that's what they do which is beautiful so they're getting so much more exposure they didn't even have a booth at game con they were just out there mingling so they were totally free to roam and mingle and meet people which was their goal oh, cool. um, yeah it was really cool so it was neat to see them also i got uh, admit it's so great to hear you um committing to next year because i don't know if you remember saturday morning <laughs> you were like no way man this is it i still haven't heard the official commitment but i've i've kind of just decided that all we need is a go-ahead and i think uh I think we might just make it happen through manipulation or force of will. Yeah, we'll yeah. muscle. We'll, we're, yeah, we're going to muscle them into it for sure. <laughs> well, it's really hard. Um, I've been every you guys who know me, I've been this way my whole life. I always come up with these stupid ideas about something. And I love to challenge myself and just go and do it. Right. I, I get a vision of something and I want to try and make it happen. Um, and a lot of times it just really is my issue and I need to figure it out and deal with it. This was big and I knew I was going to certainly need help the day of. And so I'd asked a lot of my close friends, uh, can you guys you know, help out on this thing? And everybody was immediately more than willing to help. But when you have something this big and the amount of crazy amount of hours of production it took to put this on, it, it feels really hard to say to somebody, are you willing to dedicate a bunch of hours for free over the next couple of months to make this happen, it's just, it's my stupid idea and I don't want to go and throw that on. You feel bad, you know, throwing that onto people. Um, and then after the show, we had a great talk and everyone's like, hey, I want to be involved in this next year early. I want you to pass 
you know, stuff along on to me. Mm. And that was really beautiful to hear. And, and, you know, I know you guys really well, and I probably could have done that in advance, but it just, I don't know, it just feels weird. Do you know what I mean? Asking people mm. to say, can you go and dedicate a bunch of time, especially on an unknown quantity? We didn't know what this was going to be, but now we do. Well, exactly, something right? I- like it was the first. <clears throat> sorry, sorry, Connor, go ahead. No, please, Chris, if you have anything else. No, I, I was just going to say, I was just going to echo what you were saying there, because it, it, the first time, right, we we all thought exactly the same thing, right? Like yeah. Connor was uh, uh, was the, so I, I had the uh, the first game at uh, 1245, and the doors right. opened at 12, and I was like, oh, my God, what if nobody, yeah, nobody shows up? What if nobody comes? And, you know, I, I went over to the, the front desk, and there's Connor, like, strong arming people into uh, signing up and you know the, the thing was full by twelve ten. i was like awesome let's roll well sort of on that everyone was sharing their moments from that they remember the most yeah uh, that, that kind of made it special and for me it was almost the opposite of that where i uh, so i've been learned i've been taught to like undersell and over deliver right under promise over deliver right uh so the whole time leading up into it i was like telling so like vendors like man isn't it great there's so many vendors like even if no one shows up you can all just buy each other's stuff because i'm sitting there like who knows we're gonna have three people like let's you know spin this as good as we can and then you know the show's supposed to open in half an hour. It's 1130. We open at noon and all of a sudden we have people coming in as a lineup before noon. And that was like, wild. My brain had that moment where I'm like, Oh, it's go time. This is happening. <laughs> You've had the raw, like I should have been prepping people to get stoked, not prepping people to like limit their expectations. <laughs> and it happened, didn't it? Like it was funny. We, we, we were setting up, we had our vendors come in we told them to be set up and ready um uh, by like 11 30 ish because the show the door is gonna open at 12 well the doors are just open we didn't even really think about closing doors and people just started coming in at 11 30 and we're like uh sure and you know and uh, the front desk was saying yeah you know like sure come in i don't think everyone might not be fully set up but you know just no worries and and people just kept coming and coming and coming and i know at one moment i looked across to um mrs ardnor and she kind of looked at me with this look in her face like oh my goodness look at this this is insane this is and you know she was so happy like this we didn't know what it was going to do. Um, and this kind of goes back to me talking at the very beginning. Um, the group of people that I asked to help are very near and dear to me. And the beautiful thing about it is that for me, I was able to put everything out of my mind. Because um, doing the emceeing and being uh, the timing, getting on stage and keeping the, that kind of flowing and everything, um, it, it takes a lot of you know mental gymnastics and kind of figuring that out. And I was able to do that. I was completely able to not worry about any, like, Keith built the whole kitchen like no one asked him to keith just went to the kitchen and got all the stuff ready and that was a, a safe zone for us to go into and it was all ready for people if they wanted to buy anything like i knew the people that i had they're all so amazing that they would all do their own things and it allowed me to not worry at all and so that, again that's part of that thank you to all you guys like i didn't worry about chris running the D game right i didn't worry about getting people to it I don't know. I didn't really even think about it, but I didn't have to because I, I know Calm was going to do it. Do you know what I mean? Like he was going to make sure that was going to happen. I didn't have to worry about Russ. I didn't have to worry about the speakers. I didn't have to worry about Mike. I didn't have to. I just knew it was going to happen. I had to worry about Jim. <laughs> I was thinking he was going to clam up on stage and then freak out. Um, no, that was the beauty. Everyone was rock solid, right? Mm-hmm. Like just perfect. Yeah, I want to, uh, speaking of those games, Russ and Chris, tell us about your one-shot. What was, like, the story behind it? 
Yeah, Chris, you want to go? You want to go first? What? How'd your game unfold? Oh, I think Chris is Sorry. muted. Oh, I was a... muted. Yeah, oh, apologies. Oh, um... that one on the volume check. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I kind of joked about it, uh, and I had a joke post on Instagram where uh, it said, "One shot ideas: a goblin wearing a hat." Yeah. Um, so I, I, I didn't really know what I was going to put together. Uh, so about, I guess about two weeks beforehand, I, uh, I started writing and, and building it. Uh, you know, I've, I, I've DM for the last three years for, uh, for friends. So I was a little bit, uh, I, I play pretty loose as a, as a DM. So I was a little bit concerned, um, you know, if you end up getting, uh, rules, lawyers at the tables or, or people are going to really slow things down. Um, totally had that so same fear. <laughs> yeah so uh so i really focused on making it a uh like a quick run through right like you you've got a time limit to finish this module yeah and that's what it's going to be like and actually i was going to um um discuss this app like not right now but uh but soon talk about you know if there's a like a template or something that we could follow uh because i was i was thinking because i've i've since the since the con i've gone back and rewritten a bunch of stuff like improved it and, and improved on it and uh, i was thinking we could post it to the uh to our mm, website that's cool that's very oh, cool that'd be sweet something that we talked about doing there was so many things that i thought about and talked about and i i had a crazy long it's a it's three or four pages long of to-dos on the to-do list um and one of them was i wanted to write a little something for the tables where the games were being played that would be spoken to the people saying like you know it's a safe environment we respect each other we won't you know no one's allowed to this you know that kind of stuff right and that never happened and i remember thinking partway through the day it did strike me like oh shit i hope everything goes okay for chris and russ that they don't have a dork at the table no offense to the dorks out there um <laughs> I, I probably should say a dingus more than a dork. I didn't want you guys to have some guy or some girl at the table that was like a rules lawyer that was really like, you know what I mean? Just really on you guys. Two hours is no time to play. Like you are just going full steam. Yeah. I don't know if Russ uh, is, um, he might be too humble to say, but Russ had an awesome speech at the beginning of his. And I don't know what Chris said, um, but I just got a chance to listen in on Russ's little kind of speech at the beginning about how d and is an op-end thing. And I think it was really well done and he might want to speak to that. Mm. Yeah, not to upstage Chris or anything, but I um I can't remember where I heard it. It was this it must have been I think it was some board game YouTube channel. Um and they were joking one time. They were saying they're like, not a lot of people realize this, but every board game is optional. You can stop playing when you're not having fun. They end whenever you want them to end. Mm. Um, And so I just kind of took that idea and and ran with it a little bit. It was something along the lines of, yeah, it's like, hey, just so everyone knows, D&D is an opt-in experience. If there's anything that happens here that you don't jive with, you can get up and leave. No one will be offended. Um, And then kind of just imagining the steps from there. Like, I'm not some sort of professional group happiness expert but just those quick couple words on like you can come in you can leave if you want if someone says something you don't like we're just gonna skip right over it we don't we don't need to get into why you didn't like that they're gonna respect that that wasn't something you were interested in and we're gonna move right along that's awesome 
That is awesome. And you know what? I think the D&D gods were really like looking down on us that day because, like I said, the only thing that we could really construed as maybe not going too well was our PA. Didn't sound that great, right? The, the audio equipment. I was told they had something. I uh, used to DJ, so I have a big PA and stuff I could have brought, but they told me they had something and we took so much stuff down there. I didn't want to cart something else. And it was mediocre. Um, and a good friend of mine, Dave, who I used to work with, came in and within like a short period of time of being there, he's like, no, F this. And he split <laughs> and came back with his sound equipment and we were like hot swapping it and it was way better. And I'm really happy because I did record the whole day on audio. So I've got all what was uh, done up on the stage and I could hear the difference from the early stuff to when we got the speaker uh, PA system switched, which we recorded 13-sided die on. So I was really happy that happened because it was way better uh, for the recording that we heard today, um, which was great. That was probably the only real wrinkle that maybe popped up. And for all of it to go that smoothly, for your guys' games to go so well, like I would popped over a couple of times and looked, and everybody I've spoken to who are near you guys said it was amazing, and that the two of you guys just absolutely crushed it as DMs. Like you could just, like Mike said, you could just see the smiles and everyone, all these disparate people who don't know each other just having so much fun. Um, that was brilliant, and, and I'm so happy that it worked that way for you guys, and that you got a good experience from it. Mike? I didn't get a chance to play and I, I was, I mean, none of us were expecting it to be that busy and I was actually kind of like looking forward to maybe getting yeah. the chance to participate in that or the painting competition or whatever. But I love the fact that you assigned random pre-generated characters to the players too. I thought that was such a fun idea. Cause like, I don't know, like as a, as a player myself, I'm like, Oh, this would be great to sit down and kind of like, um, you you're you're gonna have to try and figure out this character like how you want to take them on the fly which in and of itself is already kind of a silly thing which then kind of like breaks down like the the weirdness of playing with strangers because everybody's kind of in a little bit of a silly situation right off the bat so you you've already got that kind of commonality where you're going to be starting looking at other smiling faces being like well we're just gonna have to see what happens you know (laughs) take the best of it yeah. Yeah. Well, I had a benefit over Chris where um, I'd done six characters and I kind of imagined number six is like the please don't put someone here unless you absolutely have to sort of chair. Uh, and then at the last minute just kind of worked out that I was able to plant my buddy Wilson in that in that mm. character. And he came out swinging in the first five minutes. He made it. He was doing an accent. He was goofing around. He was making fun of himself. Uh, it like sets such a good tone. Like, yeah, um, it's amazing how I, I think naturally sometimes it can kind of seem like D and D is about the dungeon master versus the players. Yeah. Um, and I think that, uh, being able to set the tone that way with like basically one of my oldest friends just to come out swinging, like he's making fun of me. I'm making fun of him. He's doing something goofy. Somebody at the table suggests something like that sounds like a bad idea, and he just dives in head first. He's like, "Yeah, I'll jump through that wall or whatever." He ended up doing so. It, and it and was- maybe, maybe rest that is a template. Like maybe next time we think about having a spot always reserved for one of us or somebody you know in there to do that, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, are we admitting to planting ringers in our games now? <laughs> I don't think it's a ringer. I think what it is is an aid to the DM. 
right? Like it's just on a short two hour game, you really need to keep it flowing and having that person there to help you out is huge. I fundamentally right. disagree. It is a ringer and everyone won. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, ultimately at the, at the end of the day, yeah, it, it's about having fun, right? It is. And, yeah. you know, if you can have somebody at the table to help, not the right word, but lubricate uh, that <laughs> the, the, the enjoyment of the game. Yeah. I think that's that's a, a super good addition. Um, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't, I'd also like to call it Russ, actually, because I know he did uh, he did his he had a bit of a different approach, uh, which I, I found really interesting. And uh, I I think it's a really great aid for helping people get into the uh, the character. If you could talk about it, you know what I'm talking about, Russ. Oh yeah. So I uh, this was a this was kind of a little trick. This, this is actually a Mr. Ardnor special, uh, which is before every session. Um, instead of a simple player introduction, uh, Sean runs us through a um, like a, a complex player introduction. So the idea is he starts out with a little speech, which I believe is from a movie. It is. Who can name uh, the movie? Mises and Monsters. That's right. Yeah. Mises and Monsters. Sean starts out with the uh, Mises and Monsters thing. It's like, I am the dungeon master. I am the absolute authority in this world we have created. It's like a pretty, like, schlocky sort of thing, but it works. It it totally works. Um, And what I'd pre-generated for all the characters was their um, intro speech. That's awesome. Uh, So it was really, and I had attached this like goofy little um, name tag that had their character name on it. Um, And I'm a designer by trade. So I'd like picked out a fancy font and they'd all were different colors so that they could just every material that the players were handed was kind of a little bit of character information. Um, So I put on this little tag that said, okay, my name is T-Op. Interesting. They look at their character sheet. It's like a specific halfling barbarian character sheet which is ridiculous and <laughs> and then they're like okay it, and then the way i wrote it was like tiop likes these things tiop does not like these things hello my <laughs> name is tiop and these are the things i like uh, and then it kind of went through that um i had this good idea halfway through that i i don't know if i went back and added to all of them but i uh, because everybody had name tanks there's kind of this interesting thing where you can get strangers like making callbacks to each other that didn't exist beforehand so one of them was like uh one of them was playing a dragonborn oh, oh what was their name gorkill worm and in the middle of somebody's intro spe- speech the in parentheses i wrote stare directly at gorkill worm when you say the next piece <laughs> and so then it was like hopefully this one doesn't burn my cloak this time <laughs> just did a great job of simulating the sessions before um well, yeah and I think as someone who's played in these Ardnor games, everyone who I know who's played with them, with Mr. Ardnor and then with me and with <laughs> Russ, um, basically we've all incorporated this because going around the table and having everyone say a little blurb in yeah. character is like, I am this person, I am this person, just really gets those juices flowing. I think it's a great way to break the ice, even yeah. for normal campaigns. Like I do it in every game that I run, and I know Russ does too. Yeah, yeah. and we- when we kind of talked about, it, I think Jim and I in one of our um, one of these shows, the Lore Master, I remember if we did. But um, one of the things that I like to do as well is like everyone has a pat one. It's it's kind of their standard, so they can just say that one if they want. But we also encourage players to update it every game. 
So it also lets the rest of the players around the table who you play with, you know, each time to understand where your character's at, maybe like what they're working on, what they're thinking about, what's kind of on their mind, which is really cool. So before the game's even started, the game has started, which I think is really, really great. And like Connor says, it just really sets the tone. Again, I want to reemphasize, I did not talk to Chris or Russ about what they should do. I just we talked a little bit about maybe how many people, how many players we should have, and then it was like just do it. And if you need anything, let me know. So I, Chris obviously came in from Toronto, so I had some minis and some stuff for him, paper and that to work with. But it's like I didn't, I didn't have to say, can you send me your game plan beforehand? I would like to read it. Can you say, you know, because I knew these guys had it. They had it locked. Again, I didn't have to worry about it. And when you're working with a team like that, that makes it so much easier. Um, I didn't ask Mike, can you send me in advance what you want to talk about? I didn't do that with any of the speakers because I had I was so excited to hear these people speak because I know them. I know what they're about. And if you can insulate yourself with good people on any project, you don't have to worry. And it makes you look better because you're surrounded with a bunch of amazing people. And so I've, that's something I learned early in my career. And I always tried to hire the best people and have the best people around me because then you have the best chance of success. And we absolutely had success. Like we didn't make money, we broke even. That was a huge goal. I didn't want to come out of this owing money. Um, I sent a message to the hall right away um, after the show and said, thank you very much. Everything went really well. We had a great time. Thank you. Got an email back the next day saying, yes, thank you. I was at the hall in the morning. It was lovely. Everything was clean and tidy. You guys did a great job. No worries. You know, you should see the damage deposit by the end of the month. Um, so it, it went, everything just went, I guess I was talking about the D&D &D gods. They just smiled down on us. Everything went so well. And it was incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, something I was really excited to hear about uh, is if uh, Mike could maybe uh, dig into the poster. Uh, mm -hmm. I thought the poster had an extremely unique look. And honestly, I was so stoked the first time I saw it. Uh, oh, wow. Thanks a lot for saying that, man. Um, I mean, obviously, like, uh, my background is in tattooing and I don't have any formal training. Um, and it's only been in the last couple of years that I've really, uh, well, actually like oddly enough, th thanks to really, uh, Jim and Sean really helped start, uh, letting me see that, uh, I might have some potential in the world of like illustration or design more so. So I've been really trying to like study on my own and stuff. I, I mean, like when I look at it, I still feel like, you can tell it's like an amateur's best attempt at something, but maybe that gives it a little charm, you know, I'm not sure. That's no, a true, that's a, that's a true artist thing to say, right? Never. Yeah. Had. yeah. It's perfect. Mike. It was it's amazing. It was so like Jim said, so perfect for the show. Yeah. Thanks guys. But like, I don't know. It was a great time. It's like, and working with these guys is great. And it's, I mean, when we all are attracted to the hobby, for kind of like the the same things right so it's so fun to just be able to think and imagine like well what what's something that i would like to see and i mean i've i've spent so much time looking at kind of um the old like graphic uh illustrations that you'd find in like the second edition modules like the 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 first edition modules like i've had a small collection of those uh that I've somehow managed to keep with me since I was like, I don't know, like 11 or something yeah. like, like 
forever, you know? Um, and just that, that, that graphic style of just hard, solid blacks and then use of negative space. I've always felt, um, can, can not just grabs your attention and your eye, but for some reason, um, engages your imagination in a way that like other styles maybe don't or do differently, you know, cause you almost have to imagine like the colors of the scene and then that, so you're, you're, you're engaging with it a little bit more, you know, and it makes it a little bit more personal to you. So I really wanted to try and like convey that feel you know, and still make something that everybody would think, uh, like, can, can kind of relate to. Because, I mean, the hero, uh, you know, you you want to try and catch catch a catch a moment, right? And like, the, you know, I kind of like I don't know, imagined like a turn on dead, right? Like, a, 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 like a big part of a battle or something like that. In campaigns we've all played, right? We've all had those moments, you know. I was like, oh, like a paladin doing like a turn on dead spell, like that maybe turns the tide of the battle or something, you know, like it's something we can all kind of relate to and get behind and we all think is cool. So I just kind of swung for the fences with it and it, it kind of worked. <laughs> yeah, it worked I, thought it was, uh, I thought it was a cleric uh, doing bless on the con, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> I, uh, also, ever the salesperson. Uh, if my memory serves correctly, we might have a couple prints lying around still. I know we sold quite a few, but uh, I'm sure you could reach out and uh, Mr. Ardor might be able to sort something out. Yeah, it is totally on my list to um, start posting on socials. Uh, if anybody would like one now that the con's over, we do have some. And if people want, we could mail them out to people. We'll sell some online maybe. So that's uh, cause it's such beautiful art. I would love to get it out there to people. So, yeah, for sure. Um, and I had a lot of fun with you on that, Mike. We we talked about that. It, Mike was like on my top of my list right away to hopefully to work with me on uh, some of the artwork for it. And um, we chatted about different uh, some different themes, some ideas. And Mike was just this amazing person to work with. Like, um, I consider myself an artist, and so I'm allowed to say this. A lot of artists are flaky. Uh, I'm sorry, artists. You know you are. Um, <laughs> being creative, it's you're you're so wrapped up in the passion. Sometimes the other stuff goes to the side. Um, and so when you work with an artist, you never know what it's going to be like and what it can happen. And being one myself, I was you know prepared. And Mike was wow. He just right away he came and gave me a, a timeline and I want to do this by this. I'd like to talk to you by this and we'll do first samples here and then I want to refine. And he had this whole schedule that he was religiously keeping himself to. And uh, we had a number of uh, back and forths some different um, sketches we tried out. We both talked about them, and I just am so excited with the one that we landed on. Um, it's just absolutely beautiful. And uh, for those of you out there that do have copies of them, hold on to them, because you never know where it's going to be like uh, 10 years from now. It'll be pretty exciting. I, I got one. two of them in the fungin. <laughs> Mike gave us the big one for the, mm. the Fellowship of the Con. <laughs> then I got framed the other one, right? So it's, there's two up. That was sick. I, I had one attendee say very specifically, do not change the size. I'm holding on to this and I expect to keep them every year. And if you change the size, then they won't match on my wall. And he was like <laughs> very intent that he's going to collect them. Uh, uh, sick. Okay, I'd like to add on to that as well. I know I got to talk to uh, this, to Sean, to you about this before I had to leave because yeah. I had a little early. But that was a really interesting experience that I had throughout the course of the day, getting to talk with vendors and uh, attendees 
and like the other speakers multiple multiple times over the course of the day i have this great conversation with someone like share our passions about the hobby and whatever we're kind of nerding out about and then it would end with them being like okay cool man see you next year and i would just be like (laughs) (laughs) like it was just this weird assumption that it's like oh that's the thing now and we're just gonna start doing it yeah yeah it's crazy right like it really became something big like it really did and like i said walking around um you know GameCon and having like vendors waving and I go over and talk to them and they're like expressing how much fun they had and they said can't wait till next year like i kept like you said my can't kept hearing that from me can't wait till next year you know um which is scary like i gotta be honest because the success we had right away is kind of scary can we achieve that again b i think we maxed out like that hall was about as much as we could do. No, no, I'm talking for size. Like that hall was about as big as we, we, we couldn't have put many more people in that. Like I almost start wondering, do we need a larger venue? Which is insane to think that already, you know, um, somebody had recommended, um, I think the one comment I have heard a little bit and it goes back to our sound system is some of the people said they couldn't hear anything up at the front. Um, which I agree with, but at the same time, if there's talking all day long on the stage, and if you're a vendor and if you're running games, that could be overriding what you're doing there. Mm-hmm. So we need to talk about that and figure that out. Somebody said, could you rent downstairs and do like, you know, um, games talks downstairs, which is kind of interesting. Um, I don't like the idea of splitting it up in a way, though. But anyways, lots to discuss, lots of time to do that. But um, yeah, it's uh, there was moments when you looked around that room and it was packed, packed mm-hmm. with people. Mm-hmm. When I think I just I really like to drive this home that so much of it to me looks like it's because it wasn't this like money making venture where I know I can think of so many other conventions that would have said mini painting. 10 bucks a pop you know yeah. you want to play a D D game 20 bucks to reserve a spot um and i can think of ones where there'd be huge lines for everything and you'd be you know, yeah. you'd wait in line to get the opportunity to spend money to spend 20 minutes getting a signature right yeah whereas mike was rolling around signing signing posters and we had games for free and it was this idea of like where it wasn't there to make us money it was there to break even money would be cool but we want to do community right yeah mm-hmm. and like you said the painting thing this is Jim did that. Jim outlaid money to get the minis created, and Dustin gave us a wicked deal. Jim bought paint palettes. Jim bought paint. Jim bought paint brushes. That was all out of Jim's pocket. And so he and I, I said, "Hey, dude, like, uh, let me give you some money." He's like, "No, you're putting money in. I'm putting money in." And my big love, buddy, that guy was awesome. You were just like all over it. And I think people recognize that. Like you said, Connor, people walked away with a paintbrush, a palette, a 3D printed mini, you know, uh, for free. Like you just had to sign a piece of paper and jump in and do it. Um, we didn't Chris putting in money to fly in from Ottawa. Like <laughs> exactly right. Like yeah. it was all this crazy amount of love, and I kept hearing that from a lot of people. They really enjoyed the grassroots feeling, and that it didn't have like a big box thing connected to it. And um, you know, we had sponsors, of course we did, but it was nothing like you were saying connor didn't have anything they it was like you're just hand out looking for cash it wasn't about that to be well, fair i oh sorry chris uh, uh, yeah so, so just quickly even down to the point of uh like before the before the show sean went out and got like some chocolate bars and drinks and things like that and it was a buck just a buck for these things mm. think of, if, if you go to another show right you're paying an arm and a leg for anything right mm-hmm. And the intention was not 
to make money. It's like, like Sean said, just if we can just break even, but more importantly, have fun. And if you guys want to come over for a chocolate bar, a bag of chips and a pop, you're more than welcome. Cause I have a ton of it in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a buck is the dollar for our American friends. Oh. <laughs> and kids, if you're listening, visit his house at uh, Halloween. Cause you're getting the full size chocolate bar. <laughs> Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, yeah, with the money for that, um, to be fair, there's a couple of sketchy goblins around the fungin. I don't know where they got the gold from. I robbed them. So it was <laughs> no problem for me. Yeah, it was crazy. And, you know, and, and like Connor said, like Chris flew in from Ottawa. Mike came down from Edmonton. Courtney came down from Edmonton. Jim came down five hours from Hinton. Like we had people from all over. And there was some people that have messaged me afterwards that had come down from Edmonton as well. Like specifically came down attendees from Edmonton to come to the show. Like unbelievable. Like it was just wild, like way beyond anything that I had considered it would do. Um, Mike had the great idea to me the other day saying if next year next year right uh we're going to uh we should advertise to like red deer and mm. a little bit more in edmonton and a little bit more to those surrounding communities near us yeah yeah because those folks come down all the time right yeah um yeah and those the guys who are doing the mini painting off to the side of the stage those are the black falls mini painting club they were from black falls they just came and they just wanted to hang out and paint minis all day like which is crazy and i think a lot of people got some you know some neat stuff out of because they were willing to give you some tips and whatever but it was just fun these guys are just painting minis man 100 percent. huge shout out to those guys i got a yeah. couple to like sit down and chat with them like when there was like a bit of a lull yeah. so knowledgeable like so personable too and talent through the roof oh my right. goodness you see what those guys were working on through the day? I was like, my goodness. And like a nice variety of uh, uh, the like more contemporary sculpts, but yeah. also uh, like older sculpts and stuff that maybe you would see more commonly in like war gaming and then stuff that you would see more commonly in like TT RPG stuff, yeah. you know, so like they're a really engaging like area to come up and look at too, you know, it was great. And they got out early enough to go down and raid Sentry Box afterwards, they said. So they were very excited. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was pretty cool. And like I said, there was something there for everybody. I I think it'd be if you had any interest in, you know, uh, fantasy RPG stuff, there was something in that room for you. Like it was really broad. I was very happy with that. So, yeah, lovely. Just like for next year, too, is like, is it do is there any way we could get like uh is there any local writers that anybody knows because man i would say that was maybe the only component mm. that really represented like i know like, who does sci-fi sci-fi do fantasy really? stuff yeah yeah, like, yeah we should look into that yeah just because that's like another uh i would say a unique perspective on like what they're into about the hobby and i'd love to hear that about that mm-hmm yeah, that's pretty cool. I know um, I did reach out to all the news outlets uh, about a week before the show and filled out their little online forum telling about what it was and this stuff, but it didn't appear to be newsworthy to any of them. None of them contacted me and wanted to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I got too busy. I think there probably need to be something a bit more, a proper press release done, that kind of stuff. It was just too many things going on at the end there, but maybe next year we could maybe get some media coverage, which would be pretty huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't. We didn't need the damn news. <laughs> damn the man yeah. uh, that's phenomenal um well i think probably we should start wrapping her up here um 
And uh, again, I just want to say much love to all of you amazing people. Uh, the rest of the crew, uh, like I mentioned earlier, that were there, uh, insane. Uh, I think it was such an absolute, crazy, amazing success. And uh, you all have heavily contributed to making that happen. So thank you. And you should be really proud of what we did. Now I'm excited for next year. <laughs> next year? Yeah. On forever. Archon 20XX. <laughs> oh, before I forget too, and a big thank you for Chris for giving us the 13-sided die mugs. We're using them right now. Cheers. The sweet merch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I think this is a great show, and it's uh, it's another way to stay uh, stay connected to everybody. So, and I think and, this was really lot. fun. Sorry, Chris, this was really having like we we've had a guest on before, John Taylor Manicor, amazing. We had another guest that we mentioned earlier that we don't talk about, um, but this kind of forum was actually really fun, and I could see us doing this again. Oh yeah, heck yeah! This is a blast. I love hanging out yeah, with you guys. Any excuse, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, and and everyone else has said it already. But yeah, Sean, like you're the like the wellspring from which all of this flowed, right? Like it was really like a, an amazing uh, amount of effort that you that you put into it. And I'm glad that I, well, Connor and 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 everybody else called it out uh, after afterwards and said, let's do it again. But this time, let's all do it together, so you don't have to take all the all the burden on you. And then, uh, and then, and then maybe it'll it'll be a little bit more uh, more more manageable. Because I know I know you there's a there's a lot going into it. But I mean, wow, what a result! Yeah, what a result. thank you, thank you, Chris. Yeah, yeah it was amazing. a lovely result. You are a river to your people. <laughs> <laughs> he is the dungeon master. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that is awesome, everybody. Uh, any closing words before we wrap it up here? Anyone? Thank you. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks so much for hanging out tonight. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to all you lovely people soon. Uh, you want to sign off, Jim? Sign off. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Next time on. 13-sided die. Uh, hey, everybody. I hope you really enjoyed today's show. It was a bit of a different one for us. It was nice to have a live recording from ArdCon and then to have the great chat afterwards. Um, lovely people. And uh, Jim and I were wondering what we might do for next episode, and Jim had a great idea. Uh, what, what do you think, Jim? Well, I didn't have the great idea. That was from uh, ArdCon. That was <laughs> but it was, your, it was yeah. your great idea to remember. Because oh, I right. forgot. <laughs> yeah, our uh, AI overlords, they're good yes. or bad for the hobby. I think that's a lovely, lovely topic to talk about. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. I love it. Perfect. So, okay, so next show, we'll discuss that. If anybody has any thoughts or anything they want to mention, please fire it across to us, and uh, we'll certainly take it in consideration and uh, run it through the filters and see what pops out. But, uh, uh -huh. yeah, I think that'll be a fun show. Yeah. All right. This has been a blast. I'm very excited to uh, kind of get this all compiled and see how it comes out. Yeah, I can't believe we fit everyone in the 13-sided die uh, tower there. <laughs> it was pretty wild. It was getting pretty pretty heavy. It's kind of that leaning tower of Pisa, right? Just too yeah. much weight at the top. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks so much for everything, and uh, I look forward to chatting with you again. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Why do paladins wear chain mail? Why? Why do paladins? Because it's holy armor. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> That was good. (laughs) Thanks. That's awesome. Well done, you. You've made it to the end of the podcast. You are a bold adventure to be sure. Remember to fill your wire skin and to have your blade sharpened at the blacksmith's before departing. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to our podcast to be notified of new 13-sided die adventures. Don't forget to tell your friends about the silly fools talking about D&D. 13-Sided Die has been brought to you by Sean and Jim. Executive produced by Sean and Jim. Mini painting by Sean and Jim. Engineered by Sean and Jim. Goblin torture device by Sean and Jim. Conceptualized by Sean and Jim. Please note, no goblins were harmed in the making of this podcast.